I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Philippians 4, 8. Once upon a time, there was a man who lived in a house all alone. He brought a stray puppy home with him one day to keep for company. The puppy grew and became big and mean. Then one day, a dove perched on the sill of his upstairs window, and he fed it. The dove became friendly, and the man brought it inside to keep as a pet also. But the dog resented the presence of the dove and barked and leaped with jealous fury. The man tried to keep the dove away from the dog, but the dog kept barking at the dove every chance it got. He couldn't get the dog to leave the house. He tried everything, even bribing it out the door with morsels of meat, but nothing worked. He tried force, but the dog growled and snapped at him. Finally, he decided to go to the professionals. He told the veterinarian his story, and he asked him what to do. The professional said, it's simple. Get rid of the dove. The man returned home disappointed. As he placed the key in the lock of the front door, he heard a terrible commotion. The dog was yipping and barking. He quickly unlocked the door, ran into the house, and in the middle of the living room, the dog was standing over the body of the dove. Feathers were everywhere. The wings of the dove were spread pitifully, and there was blood. Tenderly, the man picked up the dove from the floor. Its body was limp, but he saw it was still breathing. Carefully, he folded its wings. He took it to the kitchen and began to care for it. He took the dove to another room and set food and water by it and returned to the living room. He looked into the eyes of the dog glaring from under the table and said, I'll get rid of you if it's the last thing I do. He began to shout at the dog, I kept you, I fed you. There was a sudden and long silence. He froze in thought. Staring out the window, he said, of course. Why didn't I think of that before? He said to the dog in a tone with great confidence, your days are numbered. In a burst of glee, he almost ran to the kitchen, opened wide the doors of the cupboard. He gathered all the dog's food he could find in the cupboard and then went to the corner of the kitchen floor where the dog's dishes were, scooped them up, and threw them all in the trash. Then he went to care for the dove. After checking, he returned to the living room and stretched out in his easy chair to relax. He glared right at the dog and said, now I'm the master. You depended on me to feed you, and I have stopped. The dog became hungry late that night and went to the kitchen and sniffed where his dishes had been. There was no food for him. The next day, the man awakened with a new peace in his heart. It seemed that the sun was shining for the first time in ages. He heard the dog whining for food in the kitchen, but paid no attention. The dog whimpered and paced the floor as the man ate his breakfast. It took some self-resolution, but the man refused to give him a crumb. When he finished eating, he went in and fed the dove. He noticed the dove was getting stronger and the dog was getting weaker. While he lost all concern for the dog, his care for the dove was meticulous. Each day he 
fed the dove and starved the dog. Each day the dove became stronger and the dog became weaker. Finally the day came. He walked over where the dog was lying and grabbed him by the collar. He dragged him across the room over the threshold and out into the yard he went. He returned to the house and fed the dove. Today, the dove is well and flying around the house again. The dog, oh, he adjusted to his life outside quite well. The dog, you see, is our flesh nature. And the dove, as you may know, is the spirit that has come to dwell in you and give you life. Now, all of you dog lovers, I want you to know that Moses is doing very well. But I want you to see that this parable of the dog and the dove is symbolic of the war that is raging in every one of you seated in this room and every one of you watching. Not one of you is exempt from the dog nature and the dove nature because there is a war. And let me just give you a revelation. The one you're feeding is the one that's going to win. I'm going to say it again. The one you're feeding is the one that's going to win. So here's what you need to feed your dove. Let's feed the dove our text for this series, Peace of My Mind. Let's feed it Philippians 4.8. Are you ready? Come on, everybody. How many got your word ready? How many have been working on memorizing it? Oh, my word. The one you feed is the one that is going to win. So you ready? Philippians 4.8. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How many believe Jesus is worthy of praise and he deserves every bit of it? Amen? Every bit of it. Every bit of it. So my point to you today is if you've been in this series with us, you've got to understand that there is a real war. There are no bullets there are no explosions, but the war in your head, the dog and the dove is very real for every man sitting in this room, every woman, every teenager, every person listening to me. There is a war of the dog nature and the dove nature. There's a dispute in your thoughts. The dispute is in my thoughts, and there's a battle in your brain, and I'm going to go back to that scripture that Paul kept saying, because when you start realizing this is a war, it is real. It is for the soul of every individual. You've got to understand why Paul said this. He says, I want to do right, and I can't seem to do right. And then in Romans chapter 7, verse 23, he says, but there is another power within me that is what, everybody? Let's read these words. At war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. So that is what you're battling right now. There are two natures that are at battle right now in your mind. Two natures. It's the dog nature and it's the dove nature. They're in battle right now. The dog nature is the carnal mind. And the dove nature is the spiritual mind. The dog nature is the temporal. The dove nature is the, is the eternal. The dog nature is the human. The dove nature is the divine. The dog nature is Satan. The dove nature is God. 
The dove na dog nature is darkness, and the dove nature is light. The dog nature is the flesh, and the dove nature is the Holy Spirit that comes to live in you. The dog nature will do one thing. It comes to do one thing, to steal, to kill, and destroy. But the dove nature comes to bring you deliverance from the jaws of the dove. And how many thank God Jesus Christ is the one that gives you all authority and all dominion to tell the dog to turn loose and get out. I love what Psalm 74, 19, I read this scripture a while back in a, in a series I did, but I love this particular verse. It says, do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beast. When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came in you and regenerated your spirit and made you a new man and a new woman. But the Holy Spirit is still working on your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is being transformed. Your spirit was made brand new. You got born again, but your soul is being made new. Your mind, will, and emotions. And there's a battle for it. And child of God, I'm here to tell you that the enemy wants you to keep feeding the dog nature because what you feed grows. And the reality is this. The one you feed will lead. The one you feed will lead you into all truth and righteousness and life and purpose, or the other one will bring you to destruction. The one you feed is winning the battle in your head right now. It's winning the battle over your bitterness. It's winning the battle with doubt. It's winning the battle on fear. But the one you feed is the one that wins. It controls. What gets your attention gets you. So what does this mean, Pastor? If the one I feed leads, then what does that mean? It means there's a direction of my thoughts that I taught last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, you need to be here and grab a hold of that whole teaching last week. In fact, go listen to the whole series, Peace of My Mind. It's absolutely powerful. The direction of my thoughts. So who's ever, who's ever feeding, whatever you're feeding, is the one giving the directions. And the direction of your thoughts determines the destiny of your soul. It'll either go for life or it'll go for death, either one. And that's the reason why Paul, when he writes Philippians 4, 8, he says, fix your thoughts. Everybody say, fix your thoughts. <laughs> fix your thoughts on what? First one, what's true? Fix your thoughts. And remember that word fix, it literally means to set in a direction. I'm not asking you right now to all of a sudden say, well, pastor, should I be praying one hour? I got to quote, quote most scripture. I got to do more. No, 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 no. I just need you to set the direction. Just turn from what you're doing, stop the path you're making this way, and forge a new path in your spiritual yard. The one that's worn down is not just a path, it's ruts, and you're stuck in this rut of bitterness, you're stuck in this rut of an addiction that's destroying you. I want you just, right now, just change the direction. Just change the direction. That's why Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts. Everybody say that word with me. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Look at what he says again, chapter verse 2. Set your what? Set your minds. That means I'm just going to start changing direction. You may not be there yet. You may not have complete freedom yet, but just start setting your mind in the right direction. On things that are above, not on earthly things. So what does that word set mean? That word set means to be mentally disposed toward a certain direction to exercise the mind. You set things out. Now, 
Last night, I did not sleep in these clothes last night. I did not see, I, did not, I wasn't there, I hadn't arrived, I wasn't all dressed up for church. But I'll tell you what I did do last night. I took some clothes out. I said, Brenda, how does this look? She says, don't wear that one, wear that one. What about these tennis shoes? She says, leave me alone. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> Just, she says, those look best, Sam. Go, okay. I go, I laid those clothes out. Now, this morning, I wasn't sitting there having that argument with myself. I wasn't drifting out. I didn't, I didn't dress, you know, I didn't end up wearing a plaid shirt and plaid pants today. Thank God. Because I'd plan out and I set out. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't completely dressed, but I set out where I was going to go. Tomorrow morning, Monday, I know exactly what I'm going to do. There might be an interruption, but I know on my outlook exactly where I'm going to be set tomorrow. So I don't wander, and that's what's happening. Too many of you are wandering in your mind. You're wandering, and you're not setting stuff before you already. Start setting it in front of you. Get your devotion plan. Download version for crying out loud. It's free. It's free. Did the Dutch people hear me say it's free? <laughs> Start setting right now. I know what I'm going to read tomorrow. I know what clothes I'm going to wear. You set it out because what does it do? It stops you from wandering and it stops you from drifting. Can we do the same thing spiritually? Start setting out something right now and begin to set your mind. Start setting that. Go find the podcast and say, that's what I'm going to do. Go decide what music you're going to start. Just, I'm asking you, just, just change the direction. You may not be there yet. Just change. You might be not free from bitterness or the addiction. Just change the direction and set out. Here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Don't try to go for yearly obedience. Just try the next hour obedience. Quit trying the next hour obedience and just think what you're going to think and lay out the next second and just follow what the next second is. Oh my goodness. That's good preaching. But Sam, thank you very much. Amen. You see, you can destroy this. People say, well, I just can't. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. No, 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 no. You need to set the direction toward truth. Not what's true. You've got those thoughts in your minds, but start going to what's true. You can be free. When Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and Pastor Sam, can I tell you something? He defeated and crushed Satan and he gives me all authority and dominion to start taking back the rights of my house and destroy the dog and let the dove start living. You can do it through the power of Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, he says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. Now I love to go to counselors. I love, Brendan and I, we love, we, we love people that come around counselors. I love gathering advice. I love gathering all that. I love, I love gathering ideas for church and how to reach people. I love gathering all these ideas. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. The weapons of this world will never get it done. He says, you have a divine weapon that God has given you through Jesus Christ, his blood, and the word of God. He says, on the contrary, those weapons have divine power to demolish the stronghold that's holding your mind right now. I speak that with authority today. So I just want you to get the direction of your thoughts right. Just change the direction. And I'll give you simple things. I've given you simple things. Just change the direction. Number one, just speak truth. I'm going to repeat it because it needs to be repeated. You say, why are you saying it again? Because if you haven't done it yet, I'm going to keep saying it until you do it. Speak the truth. Everybody say, speak the truth. That's why I want you all to memorize Philippians 4.8. Not because you need an A grade from God. I need you to do it so you just change the direction. When you get up, 
Put it on the mirror. Put it on a sticky note. Put it on your screensaver. There's a screensaver. We'll put it up again on social media. Put that screensaver and get up and start in the morning. Fix your thoughts on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Just start out. Just try to get the fix your thoughts. And then, then, then on Tuesday, try to fix your thoughts on what is true. And then on Wednesday, why don't you go ahead and add the word honorable. And I promise you'll get there. You say, I can't memorize scripture. Yes, you can. Look at all the other garbage you've memorized. You got songs coming out of you. Don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. If you can remember, all my exes live in Texas. That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. Dear Jesus, if you can remember that trash, you can remember the truth. Don't tell me you can't memorize. If you can memorize, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. You can memorize the word of God. You just don't want to do it. You just don't want to set and start setting with speaking the truth over you. If your identity is crushed and you don't know what you are, can I tell you, would you grab the word of God and start declaring what God says, who you are, how he made you, and the wonderful plan he has for your life. Go to the end of the sermon notes. Download the app, church app. Down there, I've given you all these scriptures to apply to the thing where Satan's attacking you the most. Just start setting that group. Start listening to truth. Get your podcast. Listen to the sermon over. I really worked hard on this one. Really, listen to it again. Turn on worship music. Don't turn on something that's going to destroy your soul and start feeding that dog. Turn some worship music on. Get you some Maverick City. Get you some Bill Gates or whoever. Whatever your vibe is, grab it. Start getting truth inside of you. Play it when you're going in the car. Oh, Jesus, help me out. Speak the truth. Everybody say, speak the truth. I'm going to say it again. Secondly, stay with the group. Everybody say, stay with the group. I gave you some overcoming small groups. Just go to the QR code in the back of the pew right there. Just take it, take your camera, and there's all these overcoming groups where you're struggling. You don't need to go it alone. You don't need to go it alone. In fact, I'm going to tell you, get with a small group. Get with some friends. You'll make great friends in those small groups. Go to a counselor. If you need help and you can't get, go to a counselor. Get you a good Christian counselor. Go to you a different, if you need a good Christian psychologist, psychiatrist, go find you a good Bible-based one. If you can't find one, we'll help you find one. We can get you directed. This thing cannot control your life. You are going to starve that dog and the dove is going to give you life again. But you can't do it disconnected. I'm telling you, just, you know, some of y'all, just showing up to church is amazing. Just, just, just stay with the group. Come to church. Come to church. You, come to church. Come to church. Get in the house of God with God's people. Do you know what the power of, do you know what the power of just being in this service is? Listen, I tell people, stay here one year and just see what God does in your life if you just hang with us for one year. There's a book, Pharisectomy. It's by Peter Haas. It's called Pharisectomy. It's about how to get the Pharisee and other bad religious things out of your life. It's a really good book. But he says for people who come to church regularly, and now let me tell you, regular church attendance has changed. You know now, people who come only once a month to church consider them regular attenders. And it's based on those statistics. In his statistics, if you'll just stay with the group and come to church, if you'll just show up to church, the studies and the research that has been done 
that people who come just once a month to church, clinical depression was 22% lower among those who attended church regularly than those who did not. And that's based on once a month. Just think if you'd show up every week. Did you know that kids, parents who bring their kids to school students show up at least once a month? They have tested with higher math scores and higher reading scores just by attending church. I would have your kid in church just so they can finally stop being a D-plus student. <laughs> it's proven. Did you know among people come to church once a month, lower stress and longer life expectancy? Those married couples that come to church, get this, at least once a month, their sex life is more satisfying than those who don't. I'm just saying, baby, we ought to have a packed house next week. It'll be a packed house, I can tell already. Some of you just wigging out because I said sex. Dear Lord. Some of the problems in your mind is if you'd start getting the truth of God, you'd find healthy sexuality, gratifying sex, as you follow what God who made it, put it in the right context, it is the most gratifying gift God could ever give a married couple. And that's a, I think that's the loudest y'all praised God the whole service, I think. <laughs> stay, everybody say, stay with the group. Yeah, but I'm afraid of what people think. Who cares what people think? Well, I, I, there's hypocrites there, and I'm afraid someone's going to talk about me. There's hypocrites there. Well, welcome to all the hypocrites. We're going to change this church to, name to Hypocrite Church. You're in good company with the rest of us. Just stop and turn. Stop and turn. You say, Pastor, what the direction is so important. Just stop and turn. Let me tell you why direction is so important. If I can just get you to just, just put something out in front of you, say, okay, I'm going to start with that first scripture. I'm going to start coming to church. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to connect with this guy. He's a godly guy. I'm going to, I'm going to have coffee with him once a week or this lady once a week. You know, I need to go find me a good Christian counselor to walk this. If you'll just make the step and just set the direction, I'm telling you, it'll bring deliverance. And if you don't, it'll feed that dog and that dog will destroy you. Think about Lot caught in Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about Lot. Do you know how Lot got there with his family? The Bible called him once righteous Lot, but you know what happened? How his heart got turned? Here it is. Let me just tell you. He just set the, his tent in the wrong direction. He just sent his tent. He wasn't even Sodom. He just set his tent. Look at, look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 12. It says, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent. That's all. He just set his tent up towards Sodom. Do you see the power of just turning something one direction? You may not be there yet. Just turn the direction. You say, what happens if I don't turn the direction? Look what happens next. He separated from Abraham. Look at Genesis 13, 14. After that, Lot was separated from him, Abraham. What you start doing is, well, they're hypocrites, not that youth group, and hypocrites down there at that young adults. So I'm just not even going to go at all. There's hypocrites at church, and that church offended me, and that pastor offended me. And so what happens is separation starts setting in. You don't stay with the group. You don't learn conflict resolve and how to deal with a difficult Christian. Are you are y'all watching? Are y'all hearing this? He separated, and then look what happened. The next verse says that he just first it just started with setting, then he separated, and then he sat. 
Now he's in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Genesis 19 says, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. That means he became a leader now in Sodom. Are you listening to this for a second? Don't tell me, well, I don't listen to music. Well, you know, it's Netflix and everything's on there, and I don't let it bother me. It's just a movie. No, it's not just a movie. What you set toward is what you will then you'll separate from, and then you will sit in that and say, how in the world did I ever become an alcoholic? How in the world did I ever let this overcome my life? How did I let bitterness and rage get a hold of me? Because you just didn't change the direction. The direction of his thoughts determined the destiny of his soul. And his whole family was left in the aftermath because one man just wouldn't put his tent in the right direction. Everybody say, direction of my thoughts. Okay, I'm coming in for a landing. I know you don't think I am, but I'm coming in for a landing, everybody. Long runway, but I'm getting there. Here's the last thing. Well, pastor, how do I start letting the peace of God get in my mind? How do I get a peace of my mind? And the problem is it doesn't happen quick enough for you, but let me help you with something. Not just direction, but the diet of your thoughts. Something is being fed inside of you right now, young lady. Someone is feeding you advice and information, sir, and it's either feeding the dove or it's feeding the dog, and the one that's being fed is the one that's in control of your life, whether you like it or not. It's dominating your spiritual house. I like what Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says. Paul says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, letting the dog rule, leads to what, everybody? Death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Peace of my mind. You've got to make a decision, young man, who is going to rule your spiritual house because somebody is. Look at Romans 13, 14. So, Pastor, what are you saying to you? Just, I want you to start, just not just direction, but we're going to work on diet. Diet. Some of you going, oh, Pastor, I don't like even the word diet. I started one in January. By January 7th, I'd lost seven days. <laughs> Romans 13, 14. Paul says, instead, you remember how you put your clothes out? I put my clothes out. What are you going to put out tomorrow morning when your mind starts getting alert? What's the first thing? Is it going to be praise music? What's the first thing? A cup of coffee, Pastor. That's <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> okay, then after that, what are you going to do? What, what scripture are you going to have up there? What, what thing are you going to try? Let's fix our, the first one is fix our thoughts on what is true. Just get true down. What's true? He said, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So that dog is always sitting there wanting to rule. He said, don't feed it. Let me give you another translation out of the King James Version. And let me read it to you. It's, it's, it's got a word in there that gives a little better clarity. He says, and make not provision. Everybody say provision. And make not provision for the flesh, watch this, to fulfill the lust thereof. What is a lust? 
A lust just isn't sex stuff. Everybody wants to make lust sex stuff. Lust is an appetite that is out of control. It is completely out of control. He says, here's what you do. Don't make provision because it'll get out of control. The one you feed is what's going to live. So just, th just think about what's living you. Anger, rage, prejudice, something you know that is destructive in your life. Just get it in there. Uh, insecurity. You're always feeling insecure. Always feel like people are talking about you. What is it that's dominating your mind? He says, don't make provision for that thing that wants to dominate your mind. That word provision literally meant to supply, to supply, to care for or maintain. Here's what I'm telling you. Don't just, don't just get a new path and turn. I want you to cut off the supply line. Cut off the supply line. Because what you feed grows. There is a war between your flesh and your spirit. I've got one, you've got one, and the one you feed and the one I feed is the one that's going to control, and it is the one that wins, and if it's the dog, it'll destroy. If it's the dove, you'll see life and peace start coming into your life. Now, let me help you out here. Let me give you something that I believe is very important to the key to controlling your thoughts. The key to controlling your thoughts is not trying to not think bad thoughts. I gotta stop that thought. Oh, I gotta stop that thought. Oh, I gotta stop that thought. Oh, I'm so angry at that person. Oh no, I gotta stop that thought. Oh no, I'd walk by Victoria's Secret. Oh, I gotta stop that thought. I gotta stop that thought. It is a good idea to turn the other direction. It does, it, I, just set the direction right, buddy. The key to controlling your thoughts is not trying to not think toxic thoughts. Some of you are trying to fight the toxic thought of insecurity. I gotta fight it, gotta fight it, fight it. Stop trying to fight the toxic thought to try to not think that thought. Here's what you do. What you do is not try to not think bad thoughts or toxic thoughts, but consistently pour in the right information. Stop trying to stop the toxic thought. Just start pouring in the right thought. Look at this. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, don't copy the world. Verse 2, he said, don't copy the world, the copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person, watch this, by changing the way you what? Then you will learn to know the will of God for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says, turn the direction but here's the next thing you need to do. If you want, trans and, and that word transform in the Greek is the word metamorpho, which means metamorphosis, which means it's something that happens from the inside out. And so what some of you are trying to do, you're trying so hard. You are trying so hard to stop thoughts, stop thoughts, stop thoughts, stop thoughts. No, 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 no. What you need to do is start pouring in the right thoughts. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I will promise you, the Holy Spirit can change anybody's mind in this room, no matter how dirty you think your mind is, how damaged your mind is for something that happened in your childhood, how deceived you are by the culture of this world, or how distorted it might be about how they twisted things. Something's being fed in you, and the one just feeding is living. You say, but I just don't think I can do it. Keep pouring the right thoughts. It's kind of like this soft drink here. Ooh. 
still got fizzy in it. I need this. I'm the one working hard today. Tastes pretty tasty. Ooh, aspartame. Lots of sugar. Might be permissible, but it is not beneficial. So here's your mind. Some of you have been raised in church, but just because you're raised in church doesn't mean anything. I know people sitting in church, they let all kinds of garbage come in their brain. And this is what happens. That's, that, that's the stuff, the toxic thoughts for a moment. And you're trying to stop those toxic thoughts. You just can't stop it. just can't stop it. I just can't stop it. I just can't stop it. I don't want you to try to stop thinking those thoughts. <laughs> I want you just to start turning the direction and change the supply, the diet. So change directions. Instead of a, instead of a soft drink, why don't you try a fresh cup of water? Instead of trying the word, the world, why don't you try the living water? And you don't think you're changing, but here's what you do. Just start pouring in the right stuff. Now you come once a month, you're gonna get that. And you're gonna, well, I just don't feel like there's any change. Well, let me, let me check, see if there's a change. There's been a change. See, now here's where some of you are getting jacked up. You quit because you don't think there's a change. But I'm telling you, you get a little bit of the water of life in you, I promise you, the potency of what was in you a moment ago is not what it was when it first got inside of you. Yeah, but pastor, I messed up. Don't try to not think the thought, toxic thought. Go back to putting the right supply and diet in and just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I'm not sure I'm changing. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I cussed him out. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I'm still angry. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I keep thinking of how I was abused. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how long I've been on porn. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how long I've been prejudiced. Just keep pouring. Well, pastor, you, you don't know how long, this, this, is my, this is my fourth, this is my fourth marriage. It's, it's no, just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I, I, don't, I think I'm always gonna be broke. Just keep pouring. Yeah, but pastor, I feel so insecure. I promise you, you may feel remnants of it, but the potency of its strength, its stronghold is losing its grip. Just keep pouring and just keep pouring, and just keep pouring. See, this is what Pastor Sam does. I didn't just arrive, I just kept pouring. You just didn't stop being angry. You just didn't stop pouring. You just didn't stop alcohol. You just stopped smoking. You just didn't stop toxic habits. You just changed direction and got you some good habits and some good relationships, and you just kept pouring. And you just keep pouring. And you just keep pouring. And you just keep pouring. Until all of a sudden, that which was once murky is now becoming clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer 
and clearer. Until now, you know the perfect will of God. Until now, you know the peace of God. Are you seeing what I'm saying to you? That's what's happening to you right there. If you'll just keep showing up, if you'll just keep going in the right direction, you won't be so mad at church folk. You won't be so bitter anymore. You won't be so hateful anymore. You won't be so toxic anymore. You won't be so insecure anymore. Just keep pouring, 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 pouring. And, and, and here's the beauty. Oh, just come on, go ahead and stand in this place. Here's what happens. You fed the dove. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4 8, let this mind, and only Jesus can do this, which is in Christ Jesus, which is Christ Jesus, be in you. So any relationship that's getting you closer to him, any podcast that's getting you closer to him, any praise and worship song getting closer to him, just keep pouring. And here's the deal. You may be in the world with all this other stuff around you. So you can go on the assembly line and they're cussing. You can go to another believer who's bitter, backbiting, dividing the family, dividing the church. You can be around it, but you just keep pouring the right things into your relationship. And you can have all that world around you, but the dog no longer has effect of what's in you. Just keep pouring. And just keep pouring. And just keep pouring. That's why he told that woman, I'll give you something to drink and you'll never thirst again. This stuff doesn't hydrate you. 